will guard. It will guard your hearts and your minds. Now let me ask you another. Let me go back to my point at the very beginning of this lesson. Is that a passive peace? Is that something that just, you know, God just lets you have an absence of trouble or no war or no conflict? No. That is a word and a verb. It will guard. In other words, it's going to do something for you. It's going to be active in your life. And not only is it just going to take care, it's going to guard your hearts. It's going to take care of your minds. That's the peace we're talking about. That's the kind of peace that all of us have access to. Then I started thinking. You know, the, the church at Philippi, they, when Paul wrote to them, they knew that Paul understood this by the way he lived. Turn to Acts chapter 6. 16. Acts chapter 16. And I want you to follow along with me because we're going to start in about verse 16 and then we're going we're to end up with, with where I want to get to. You all know this story. But what makes this story interesting in the context of where we are is that he's writing to the folks to where this happened, that they witnessed and they saw what we're about, what you're about to review. And in Acts 16, starting in verse 16, what you find is there's this slave girl and, and, and she, she was possessed, but she was a fortune teller and her, her owners were making a ton of money off of her. And she was bothering, I say bothering, that's the wrong word, but literally Paul and Silas, as they were going from place to place, she was there. And finally, Paul and, si or Paul and Silas, they, they casted out that Whatever was troubling her, they cast it out. Well, that's, that's, you would think, would be good. Except the owners of that slave girl, they were not excited about that. Y'all are following along with me. They were not happy. They took away their money. And so they literally, they, they grab Paul and Silas. They take them to the marketplace. They put them in front of the rulers. The magistrates, it says, they ripped their clothes off of them. They ended up beating them with rods. They ended up flogging them. And, and, and literally the crowd, it says, and I missed this part, but the crowd attacked them, it says. Then they said, okay, now you can beat them with rods. And then, oh, let's throw them into prison. All of this happened in the place he's writing to. But your, my favorite phrase is what happens when they're in prison. And it says in verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I don't know how to explain this peace that surpasses all understanding or surpasses all understanding. But what I do know is that Paul and Silas had it. Because that day, after everything that had happened to them, after the waterfall being all over them and encompassing them, and they, that night, around midnight, they're that bird in the middle of it, Singing and praising God. Wouldn't you have loved to have been a fly on the wall there? How in the world did that start? I, look, I want, I want you to put yourself in their position because I tried this morning. I want you to put yourself in their position. All of that happened to you. Every bit of it happened to you. You are now in the middle of prison. How are you going to act? How are you going to behave? What are you going to say? What are you going to do? Y'all, I know what I would do, unfortunately. 
And I wonder how that started with them. They had to be tired. They were bleeding. They were bruised. I don't know if they put clothes on them yet or not. But in the middle of all that, I don't know if this is what happened. Forgive me for, for reading into this, but I could just see Paul saying, man, that was a day, wasn't it? But how lucky are we that we have God to serve? How lucky are we that even during this time, he provides a peace that guards our heart and our mind. I think we should celebrate, Silas. I think we need to pray to God. I think we need to thank him for that. And Silas, maybe we should start singing too. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Now remember, they're bleeding, they're bloody, they're, they're sitting there, but he, I, I can, surely this has got to be happening because it ended up happening. Maybe they just had, you know, whatever it is, and they just knew it and started doing it. Inside. But they had to have the conversation. And they started singing. They started praying. And folks, that is the peace that we can all have. And I, I, you know, I think back about why I felt I needed this peace. I was thinking about the struggles that I was going through and how, oh, poor, pitiful me. And on the end of it, I'm sitting here thinking, I've never experienced something like that. You have never experienced anything like that. And yet they can have peace. Why can't I? So, I'm not going through all these. So don't, don't, y'all don't worry. I'm actually getting closer to the end. But here's my challenge to you. The beauty of this text is that Paul not only describes it, he tells you exactly how you need to behave to have it. Now, I want you to do this study. All you got to do is take your Bible. All you got to do is look at this text. And I want you to highlight. I want you to do exactly what I did, which is, which is literally just highlight the things that I need to improve in my life. The things that I know I need to do so I can have this kind of peace because he tells us exactly how to have it. He says, rejoice in the Lord. He says, have some reasonableness. And if I'm being vulnerable with you today, this is what I'm currently working on. I sometimes am not reasonable or gentle. And what that does is that makes you to where it's very difficult for you to see sometimes the good things and the peace that God actually provides you. We need to realize the Lord is with us. He is at hand. He is not only with us, but this could also mean that he's about to come, folks. Everything that you're working for, everything that you do, the reason why you're here this morning is so you can spend eternity with your family and with your friends and with the church in heaven with God. He's, he's, he's at hand, folks. Should give you peace. He says, don't be anxious. In other words, quit looking at the future. Jesus told us that in Matthew chapter 6. He told us that as well. He says, he says, don't be anxious. Instead, pray. And a big one, folks, is this Thanksgiving. Y'all know that I'm kind of on this kick. Harvard study says you can't be thankful and negative at the same time. It's physically impossible. God already knew that. It took Harvard to do some studying on it. But God already knew that. It's the reason why when he's talking about this peace that you can have, he says you need to be thankful. And he says, think about these things. And I didn't highlight all the things that he, he told us to think about, but this is a big one. 
He says, whatever's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. He says, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on these things. You know, unfortunately, and I'm, I'm giving you these facts, acting like, you know, this is new. It's not new because God tells us. You, you have about 15,000 to 40,000 thoughts per day. Do you know how many of those thoughts are negative? 80%. The devil uses your mind against you more than we want to give the devil credit for. And it's why Paul says you need to make sure your mind is filled with these things. Another stat that I love, of course, God already knew, is that your brain can your brain takes in from your senses 11 million bits of information per second. It does, it can. But you can only process 50 bits of that information. Now I want you to think about that. Your brain, your senses, God has blessed us to be able to take in so much from this environment, from what I see, feel, touch, smell, all those different things. But my conscious brain only gives me the capability to, to do 50 bits of it. And what that tells me is I truly have the power to think about what I want to on any given situation. And that's exactly what Paul and Silas was able to do in Acts chapter 16. Yes, they could have thought about the fact that they were beaten and how, how could God let this happen? And how could the church, or what, what's going on? How in the world am I doing all this good and yet I'm sitting here in this jail cell? But Paul did what he preached. And then he said, practice these things. You need to fill your life full of good. You need to fill your mind full of good. If you just do some of these things, you can have this peace of God. So I hope you do your study. Because I may have missed something. Now I've asked Bo to sing a song for us tonight, today, this morning. This song is, um, I'm, I'm having to pause a little bit. This is an important song to our family. But I want to, let me, let me not talk about that so I can get through. Some of you have already seen this because I know it's going around on social media and other platforms. But the writer of this song was Horatio, I think his name's Spafford. Yes. And this is his wife, Anna. They had five young children. He was a lawyer and had invested in Chicago and had all kind of property along the lake there. In all forms of what we would consider today, he was successful, they were successful, they had everything that they needed. Until about 1869. In 1869, he had one son out of the five. That son died at the age of four. Well, the next year, the Chicago fire happened in 1870. When that happened, every one of his investments went away. It burned everything up. So they were dealing with a lot, the loss of their son, 
the loss of all that they had. And so three years later, I think it was around 1873, he decided to go on a vacation. They, so they were going to go to England. And as they were going to, about to leave, go off on that trip, there was a business deal or something happened, and, and he, it almost messed it all up. But he, he convinced his wife and his daughters to go on the vacation and go ahead and go over to England. And he was going to follow them. He would just be right behind them. Just he had to close this deal or whatever was going on. And so they went. Four days later, he gets a telegram from his wife that says this. Saved alone, what shall I do? On that trip over, the ship, it was a French, I can't even pronounce this, so I'm not going to try. It collided into another ship. It sank in 12 minutes. Approximately 212 passengers died. Four of those 212 was his daughters. And his wife sent this message saying, saved alone. What do I do? So he immediately, of course, as any of us would do, he took off. He got on his ship. He was going to meet her in England. And on the trip, this is what was, this is what is told by his daughter that he had after this incident. On this trip, as they were passing through the spot, when they were crossing the transatlantic, when they were passing through the spot that supposedly the ship had sank, the captain of the ship calls him up to the bridge and tells him, hey, this is where it happened. It is said... It is on that trip, he went back to his room and he wrote these famous words that we sing today. When peace like a river tends my soul. Now I've asked Bo to sing this song today. And I want to make this special to us today just like it is to me for other reasons in my family. For most of you out there, it is well. I want you to sing it like it is. For some of you out there, you may not think you have this peace with God or this peace of God that you need. The beauty of this song is it can be well for you too. If you don't have the peace with God, if you are not a Christian, it's got to start there. You have to obey Him. You have to do His will. You have to believe. You have to repent. You have to confess. You have to be baptized. Because that's what He says to do. So you can be justified through your faith and have this peace with Him. Or if you are a Christian, you know you're missing something. Maybe it's because of how you're living. You just need the prayer of this, prayers of this congregation. I'm asking you to do three things. If it's well, sing it like you mean it. If you're not well because you don't have peace with God, make it right. If you're not well and you don't have the peace of God, make it right this morning. If there's any way we can assist you, please come now while we stand and sing
unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my
before we begin, does everyone have the emblems for the Lord's Supper this morning? If you could, if you don't, raise your hands. We got one here. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful for your Son, Lord, being willing to take the punishment to his body that was owed to us. We pray, Lord, that as we take this bread, Lord, that we remember his body, and Lord, that you will see us as part of his body, Heavenly Father. And Lord, it's in your great and holy Son's name, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Let us pray. And dear Heavenly Father, Lord, in a likewise manner, Lord, we are thankful for this fruit of the vine, Lord, which represents the blood that was shed so that we may be washed free of our sins, Heavenly Father, so that we may have peace. Lord, we pray that you will forgive us of our many sins as a congregation and wash us in that blood that was shed for us, Heavenly Father, as we take this in remembrance of Christ's blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are a number of ways you can also give. Uh, five, I believe, is actually on the screen right now. And so let's give a quick prayer for the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful, Lord, of the blessings that you have bestowed upon us, Lord, for the ability to work and earn a wage to support our families, Heavenly Father. And Lord, we know that all things belong to you, Heavenly Father, and that actually all we're doing is giving back to you what is already rightfully yours. We pray that you will bless our offering, Heavenly Father, to you, and it will be used to grow and to take care of your kingdom. And it's in your great and holy Son's name that we pray. Amen. First of all, Aaron, thank you so much for that study of God's Word and for being a fellow servant of mine and an encouragement to me. Um, I want to say uh, the, for the Bible classes, for the, the new quarter starts tonight, there is uh, new adult classes, the, uh, both here and in the annex. They're simply fl flipping from last quarter. And Brother Aaron will be teaching for uh, Brother Ken in the annex tonight. The uh, tonight, this is August, new academic quarter, so you will move up to the next level. So teachers will be out there tonight. We've combined a couple of classes to help make sure. I'll try to have those signs out. So we'll try to make sure that that is in order tonight. But be, please be aware of that. And Wednesday night teachers, because of the change of the singing uh, not now, now not happening, we will you will teach Wednesday night, so be prepared for that. I have. Uh, material and I'll try to get that in the classrooms this afternoon as well. Just a very quick word about Maywood. Thank you for all of you who prayed. Thank you for the uh, way that you helped. We had somewhere around 17 or 18 uh, 
young men and women who could not have gone had you not provide some monetary assistance in that, and we appreciate that very much. Those of you who sent desserts, thank you very much. I was delighted on about on Monday or Tuesday, I forget what day it might have been. Um, I only knew this was Sunday because Lisa said, get up, we got to go to worship, okay, or we get to go to worship, but uh, I'm kidding, it wasn't quite that bad. But somebody said, hey, you need to come up here to the mess hall because of the dining hall. In the midst of all of those uh, desserts, uh, as they unstacked them and moved them around, there was one particular one that had a note on it that said, uh, sugar-free brownies, make sure Stephen gets some of those uh, since I'm a diabetic. Uh, thank you, Sister Joyce. Uh, I, I sort of shared. I carried around them under my arm. They could have gotten one if they wanted to. Uh, but we had a blessed week. Praise and glory to God for that. Uh, we truly did. We had, there are many things that happened that I will share later, but uh, we had three here, Allie Jumper and John Grayson Farr and Seth Stacks who obeyed the gospel and became uh, children of God. And there were some others who did that, and that was after a lot of study, and that's such a, a blessing. And uh, two other things that I'll share, one to, to make you smile, and another to uh, uh, touch at your heart to go with this lesson this morning. But one is, uh, we had a baptism on Friday night, Friday, we had a, a, a series of them because there were studies going on all over the campground. Jordan was involved in a lot of those. Uh, but uh, we had just had a baptism and we had moved out of into the next phase and then we turned right around and went back and there was a little boy six years old who was there with his mom uh, who uh, met me I was I went turned around went right back into the pool and he he said what happened did y'all baptize the wrong one uh, I said no uh, it's just another one it, all, it's all good okay but later, later, we try not to do that if we can help it. But later that night, um, this one will touch at your heart. So I'm like Aaron, I'll have to be real quick and then sit down. Um, there, is a young, there is a man who has gone with us for years. And he's working uh, in the kitchen. And he has manned our visitor's gate. He is not a member of the church. His wife is. But, uh, and he attends faithfully. But he's not a member. He's not a Christian. Um, on Friday evening, I got to see four people in the water. Uh, Terry Smith baptized this man into Christ, who in turn turned around and helped their youth minister baptize his daughter into Christ. One of the most powerful things I've ever seen in my life. To God be the glory. Amen. Brother Todd. morning. If you're visiting with us this morning, we are certainly glad to have you as a special guest and invite you to come back anytime that you can. I did not have a number handed to me this morning, so we're going to say somewhere around 300 or a little more. We'll go with that and stick with it. Uh, remind you of your bulletin. There's an extensive uh, sick list in there. Uh, and notice where it says Joanne Roberts is home following knee surgery. I had a message handed to me prior to service today that her sister fell this morning and injured herself and was in surgery when service began this morning, so be sure that you keep them in your prayer. 
And also, uh, add to that list the Chris Kidd family. Uh, Chris is an old coaching and administration buddy of myself, Jody Long, and Guy Gardner, and he, he passed away this weekend at way too, too young of age, so please keep that family in your prayer as well. Also, uh, remember Wednesday night services, Wiley Dean, that's been postponed. It'll be regular services, and also the uh, retirement uh, ceremony for Mr. Jim Estes this evening also has been postponed. I don't have any more announcements other than what's in your bulletin, so if you'll stand with me, I'll dismiss us in prayer. Bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity we've had to come and to worship you in song and praise. Father, we ask you continue to be with each and every one of us as we go throughout the rest of this week, that we may live an example be pleasing unto thee. Father, we have several of our congregation here they're not with us today due to sickness or or just uh, precautionary measures father we ask that you lay your hand on them that they may remain healthy and be back with us at our next appointed time father we ask you to be with the elders of the church that they may lead us in a way that will be pleasing unto thee and continue to grow our church family here but most of all father we thank you for your son jesus christ who died on the cross at we could have forgiveness of our sins and opportunity of home in heaven with thee one day. It's through his precious name I pray. Amen. <laughs>